My name is Keen, and I'd just like to say congratulations to all the finalists, all three of them. I mean, four of them. Don't start, Patty. I'm James. And uh, welcome back to Sissy That Pod. We're talking about Drag Race Holland, and it's the last episode of the year. Until we go on a Sissy That Pause. Well, we are going on a Sissy That Pause. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's the fourth finale of 2020. We have our fourth winner, and I think uh, another well-deserved one. I think so, yeah. The, the calibre of the winners this year has been strong. I'm impressed with all of the queens who have like made it into their respective halls or villages of fame well we have a great guest for the final episode glenn fussell is the founder of sink the pink which is a massive club night over in the uk and around europe and a mighty hoopla which is kind of like the uk version of love sensation an lgbtq festival uh, and they had just such great insight on sort of drag and what they expect from the show like they're it's interesting to find somebody who's a massive player in the drag world but also loves drag race yeah. they often don't come across anglins both of them no absolutely I, I was so interesting chatting to him and like it's so much so much to say and has such like had, had such a storied kind of interesting career like so much exciting excellent insight and just a really funny person as well they are very entertained listening to him definitely so we won't keep him from you any longer please welcome to sissy that pod glenn fussell Glenn Bussell, founder of Sink the Pink and Mighty Hoopla, thank you for joining us for the finale of Drag Race Holland. How have you been enjoying this series compared to some of the others in the canon of Drag Race? Um, well, uh, it took me a while at the beginning just because of the subtitles. I'm sure you've mm. heard that mm-hmm. yeah. um, because I'm a lazy queen. And I like, <laughs> and also I realised that Drag Race <clears throat> for me had been very much, it's always been something that I watch when I'm feeling lazy. So to have to concentrate on what that (laughs) was something. But yeah, it's fantastic. I just, I love it. You know, I think it's come up against criticism that it's traveling around the world. But for me, it makes it more interesting. Once we'd seen everything, because we have, we've seen, you know, you get, for me, I get the odd every season in America. You get that one queen I'm super excited by. But, you know, it's it's a cultural and social commentary on on a country mm. and i think that when like the british one for instance is so would you put bag of chips for instance ever in america wouldn't have worked only would have worked in the uk and that's why i think that it's so good to go to all these different places because you get an insight into what's happening in their clubs and what's happening yeah. in their lives and i love that it's gone a bit formulaic so it's nice to step out of that formula i totally agree i think it's uh, I, I don't get me wrong i still i love the last season of drag race oh, it was uh, fantastic. in the us because i think crystal method saved the day personally that's that's my <laughs> kind of drag um but it has got a bit formulaic you're right it's very cut copy paste and you can almost watch it now like an algorithm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you know yeah. what's coming. You know, you know what they're <laughs> going to say. You go, that one's going to be the bitch. And for me, I think that the I, I even think that the American um, the World Wonder they've they might have picked up on that because the last one it felt a lot more joy filled. It felt yeah. like tonally they'd switched it up a little bit. It's funny that you mentioned there about the algorithm because I felt starting Drag Race Holland. Watching the first episode, I was like, okay, this looks like it's going to be a Janie, Envy, Abby final three, just based on yeah. sort of how they were edited, how they were put across. And it's funny how you get that instinct. And then as I said, I watched it, I was like, I'm loving Sader Jean. She's probably oh, my favorite che- Chelsea boy. And the look that Chelsea boy's putting across. Like, I feel if you were watching the show, you'd be like, oh, well, Sader Jean and Chelsea boy and Envy are probably the top three. And it's funny then how my gut and my feeling of what the editor was telling me 
turned out to be right in the end and it was those three and Mama Queen who I wouldn't have said mm-hmm. I wouldn't, based on that first I, episode so I wouldn't have put Mama Queen in I would have put Sedegine I would yeah. have put Chelsea Boy in and I would have taken um, Mama Queen and Abby out I, I feel like in terms of like the like first of all representing different styles of drag and and then sort of like the I, I suppose their their point of view those four were probably the, the most interesting queens if I think now about the whole season I think about that amazing red crystal look that Sedajin did where she had the baby in the pram. I just think yes. that's, that's storytelling. That's interesting. That's drag to me. Yeah. But yeah, you know, we are moving with when you take drag out of the clubs and you, yeah. I've, I've always said this, and you put it in on a TV show, it does become more about, about the looks, doesn't it? It does. I, I think that over the course of the whole season, probably, and it's only actually watching the final episode that I kind of realized this, I think the most compelling storyline was mama queen and the non-binary gender kind of stuff and like her like her journey with her father and the makeover episode and and their sort of um the like kind of speaking to their younger selves kind of that sort of feeling like it was so like it, it there was so much care and love there and it was actually really interesting and made you kind of you really like I, I really warmed to mama queen while i wouldn't necessarily have seen her as being kind of in the top or like one of the best like i just think that over the course of the season they're probably the contestant that I, I would like the most. Yeah, I feel she said one said one of the most profound things that anyone has possibly ever said in the show when she was doing her podcast segment, which I know we're kind of jumping ahead, but she said, people look at me as if I'm the one in a prison trying to find myself, where in reality, I look around and see all these people who are limiting uh, themselves my, by gender rules. Uh, and I just thought that was such an interesting way of viewing things. Yeah, no, Absolutely. Um, and it's a really like that's an important thing to have represented on Drag Race because Drag Race has those sort of issues sometimes around like representation of like non-traditional kind of like boy dressed up as girl drag. I mean, Mama Queen is the, the that's the kind of drag queen that I know. That's the kind yeah. of drag queen that we at Sink the Pink are really we've always we always just were and we represent yeah. and we stand for. Well, let's let's kick off into the the opening of the episode. It's Envy and Janie, and they're pissed at the double Shantae. Do you think they had a reason to be pissed? Do you think it was fair? Um, yeah. If I put myself in that position, <laughs> I'm so competitive. I'd be livid. <laughs> I was I was about to be really PC then, and I was like, no, I, no. I'd be fine. I support my sister. I wouldn't. I would rip her ankles off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It was it was weird because they kept her around just to kick her out first in this episode, which was kind of weird. Like, well, I thought that was, and you thought I found that really weird how they did that. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> yeah, it was like inviting someone to a dinner party and not even giving them a volivant. <laughs> 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 there was a brief moment where it looked like the sisterhood of Abby and Envy were in trouble, but they seemed to sort that out pretty yeah, quickly. As drag queens do. Yeah. And then the old queen's return. And I have to say, Sailor Jean was on fire this episode. Yeah. She just came in and she was right off the bat reading everybody. You know, she, at one point she was like, you know, you all deserve this, all three of you. I mean, four of you. She was like, you know, we can't see Abby's wigs around the work room or they're pretty unnoticeable anyway. Like, it's just every opportunity she yeah. had. Such a good read. She, she seems hilarious. Like, she, fantastic the- queen. Yeah, I love her. See, that is my kind of drag queen. <laughs> She's that queen that would be there propped up by the bar in real life till the end of the night and still being the wittiest and the shadiest. Yes. You know? I just think that um, there's a real thing with... with if, if I look at drag since the beginning of time, 
what are we going to pass down to to the next drag generation? And then the next drag generation, is it going to be how to do the perfect contour? No, it's not. It's going to mm -hmm. be about how we destroy someone in 30 seconds. It's going to be about <laughs> it's going to be about those quips and that comedy and and that you learn that through drag families. That's something that you pass down. All the other stuff to me, I don't know. It's not as interesting, I don't think. But yeah, Sedashi for me, I just I know she had that really bad week, but I just she should have been in the final. I think she's yeah. really interesting. And her face is so fascinating. Some, yeah. great, some great faces in and out of drag, by the way. And oh, I, I mean, a beautiful cast in and out of drag. I'm like, in, yeah, into it. With Sedogine, I liked kind of, and I think that this is a really important thing about drag queens and drag performers is not to take themselves too seriously because she even called herself out. She was like, no, that was a shit week. I definitely deserve to go. So like, being like that, that like not taking yourself too seriously makes it so much easier than to take the piss out of other people and like it gives you like a especially if you're actually like working as a drag queen and having to interact with an audience it gives you that kind of like ability to build a rapport with people i think that i i actually that's really really good point because i think that there's a serious lack of self-awareness with a lot of young drag queens now god i sound old but i'm doing it i don't care i'm going there <laughs> um you've got to be self-deprecating i think to be a true it, like for instance if said jean i can imagine is a host in a club she will host in clubs you can yeah. tell you need to have that level of self-deprecation where you can rip yourself to death but also because to, then you can do it to other people. If you don't, you don't have that self-awareness. I think that it lacks depth and you do see it, you know, where you see it season in, season out when they, when they, when Rue will say something, you know, to one of the contestants and it just goes whoosh, over their head. Yeah. But I also think it's important in TV as well to be able to admit when you're wrong because we've all seen the characters who are like, well, I think I was fierce. I'm the best person here yeah. and they clearly aren't doing the yeah. best. You, you turn off them really quickly because of that sort of... Yeah. If, if you can show some humility, people will warm to you, I think, more so, yeah, on a television show. Yeah, you need to find the perfect balance of, like, demented self-confidence and self-deprecating, kind of not taking yourself too seriously. It's, it's, it's not an easy balance to find. And, and, and flawed. I think flawed is such an... You know, because I think that um, a lot of the reason of why drag queens turn into drag queens is that they are deeply flawed characters or yeah. they are or their motivation is to prove something to society or themselves or to their yeah. family yeah and the ones i like if i think about all my favorite queens in RuPaul history i love like sasha valor who there's a kind of dark but self-deprecating yeah. um kind of vibe about and i loved sharon i thought that sharon is like yeah. the, and i love crystal as well although crystal is just pure joy yeah pure joy in a handbag yes <laughs> someone like bianca del rio okay she wasn't necessarily self-deprecating per se but it, you you saw her fierce i'm great i'm gonna read you to filth but then she showed her vulnerable side of helping adora out yeah. helping people out because yeah. yeah. she wanted them to do well and that was the perfect balance of the two i felt yeah you're so right james were you happy to see that frank was back i was very happy to see that frank was back he is the most beautiful man that's been on the show and there's been a lot of beautiful men on that show in their instruction <laughs> though he didn't get as much can, face can you confirm week. whether you joined his only fans um, since last week's he didn't have one i did check uh, <laughs> <laughs> what do you think frank tastes of i always think that when i'm watching tv sometimes mm. i'll lick the screen for some reason french fancies <laughs> came to my head but i'm like <laughs> <laughs> the pink ones <laughs> mm, i like that i'm just thinking about that now i think he'd be minty i think he'd be like a sort of butterscotchy mint oh there's a combination luxurious mm. but also fresh yeah 
So not like Colgate Mint. A listerine spread. I mean, Gerald really upped the fierceness of the delivery of the choreography this week. He was not like he basically just yeah. tore them all down, told them they're all doing I shit. I kind of yeah. love that. That was brilliant. <laughs> I, I always want there to be one really mean person in reality TV. You need that. You need yeah. it to, uh, to make it interesting. But yeah, he was mean. And he like he was he was serving that kind of like angry face as well. Like he was like not like you could tell he was like pissed off. Like he was like military precision. I want this done, and I'm not taking any messing. Yeah, which was fun to see, and fun to see them all stressing out a bit about it. And it felt like genuine stress as well, not that like put on kind of thing. I enjoyed the podcast segment because um, we didn't get that for Canada or Alts. Do we get it? For, I think we did get it for All Stars. Um, but like, it, it, you know, we got to see Nikki Plesson see them all out of drag for the first time, which was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. We had that wonderful speech from Mama Queen. Um, and I, I like when Fred asked Janie who he'd like to call to tell him that he was in the final and Janie had that moment about her dad. I kind of like wanted that. to see them all answer that question, to be honest. Yeah, I thought that's really, quite a good question. I thought that that was a really peculiar, that edit. <laughs> when, when yeah. Because I was waiting then and thinking, who are they going to ask that question to? And they didn't. It stuck, stuck at Janie. Mm. I'll be honest. I, look, I'm just, I do think there was some certain, uh, there was like, some interesting choices with edits like we were talking about the the abby omg moment where they chucked her off like that moment in the podcast where their question they were very questionable it was like a rough rushed edit or they didn't really think about it yeah yeah there's one thing that this frustrated me and like i suppose did i i I, i'm gonna blather on about this because i work in it but at one point they ask Envy what age were you when you came out and Envy says oh I was 21 and then Frank and Nikki both are like oh my god why did you wait so long and I'm like that sends a really damaging message because you have to come out in your own time it's there's absolutely like people have so much going on in their own heads to like try and put this like pressure or create this narrative that like you have to come out younger and younger and younger like I think the average age for people coming out at the moment is is still in their late teens so 21 wouldn't be that late about it and i just i thought it sent kind of a a a message that somehow like you're you're a better gay if you come out younger than if you have to deal with it and come out when you're in your early 20s so i didn't like that because i think it's it's never too old to be yourself come out whenever you're comfortable to it i i agree and i kind of felt that that's possibly a sort of ignorance on their half from coming from such a liberal country and like maybe some of the Dutch kids came out earlier but you know Envy has a more of a maybe a more conservative Peruvian background and that maybe held her back so I think that it just kind of highlighted maybe a, a, a gap of missed information for them or a sort of bit of privilege that they didn't know they had well I, I mean I, it's, that's so strange actually because that is something that stood out for me as well I didn't come out I was 19 um, and that was perfect for me. I didn't yeah. want it to, I, I couldn't have, I came from a very working class background, one of seven kids. There was a lot of people around and mm-hmm. there was a lot of eyes and I needed to just go and spread my wings on my own. So yeah, obviously I moved to Australia and became a go-go boy. <laughs> <laughs> the path everyone needs to follow. <laughs> but for me, um, I totally agree with you is that I know that this is a, this is a drag contest, but this is not an LGBTQ or, or not how to be the best gay man. And I've always yeah. felt like a terrible gay man. And I, it took me until I started to think the pink to really figure out that I'm not just a gay man. I'm also queer. I'm also a massive mm-hmm. show up. I'm also a bit of a weirdo, you know, also yeah. like dressing up in women's clothing. Like it's not one thing that makes you a good, you know, you don't have to come out at 16 and then 
you, you know, there's not these sort of points of success that you have to hit to be to earn your kind of gay loyalty points. It just doesn't work like that. And I agree with you. It is uh, that was damaging. Yeah, and, and you're absolutely right as well. People, there's so much more to you than just kind of, you know, just being gay. And it's kind of like, because I suppose like as we all learn as gay people, you come, there's such a build up to coming out the first time and you kind of, you have this feeling of it's like opening a door to the rest of your life. But then you realize that actually in every interaction you have with every other person following that for the rest of your life, you're having to open that door again. And like, you know, so it's a process that like takes across your life and you need to be ready for it. So I didn't love that. And perhaps you're saying it it was because they come from such a liberal country that it's just expected that people come out in their like early teens and that's just what happens but I I still felt it was a it wasn't the the best message especially because they've been so sort of sensitive around mama queen and the gender conversation I was kind of like this just jarred me a bit I think we just need to be kind and just (laughs) yeah absolutely As you know, Sister Pod is part of the Headstuff Podcasting Network, and we, throughout the course of the last uh, few seasons, have been sharing with you some of our stablemates here on the network. This week, we have a little message from Behavioural Vaccine Podcast. These are going to let us know and figure out how the, we can make sense of these unprecedented times as some behavioural scientists slash what's it, improvers get together to talk about evidence-based behavioural science. Get into it. Hi, I'm Kate. And I'm Porig, and we host the Behavioural Vaccine Podcast. We're behavioural scientists who met through improv comedy. And so each week, we bring the two things together to explore how behavioural science can be applied, but in a fun way. There's a little bit of research. There's a good bit of messing. And there's loads of practical tips on everything from how to save money to how to maintain your friendships. Think about this like a behavioural vaccine to get you through winter 2020. Go on, sure, give us a listen. Glenn, what did you think of what Fred was wearing? Um, hmm. Well, <laughs> this, this episode or the whole thing? No, just this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I mean, I, so I'll just be straight up. I had to Google, obviously. I think we all did. We all, I did the only, I, I don't, I, I don't think Fred was the right host for it. I would have liked to see Nikki Tutorials host this show. I think I think that she's amazing. I think that she's got a really big following. I don't think it needed to be a drag queen. I, I just don't. I think that you can have um, opinions on something without, or you you might have spent your entire life surrounded by something. It doesn't mean that you're putting on a wig, and doesn't mean that you don't have to have an opinion. Going back to your question. <laughs> I did not like it. <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely thought. It looked like something that was made in a design challenge week one. And it was one of the ones that was possibly in the bottom. I just thought this was awful. And the fact that the guy who made it was sitting on the panel <laughs> seemed to be proud of his work. I was like, I mean, I know I couldn't even make a scarf. And I was like, so I can't really judge, but I hated it. Yeah. And the, look, here's the weird thing, right? I, so I spent quite a bit of time actually in... Um, in Holland, in, in Amsterdam in particular, and they've got some unbelievable designers over there. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they only used one designer throughout the whole thing, which they did, it was the designer who 
It was the guy that what they won the sixteen. That dress, mature <laughs> dress. It probably didn't fit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the fact that, that you know, there's an mate. If you, I don't know if there's a designer called Baz Costas that back in the day I used to make like a lot of my drag. Who's from Amsterdam? Lives in Amsterdam. Phenomenal, like and a great drag. Uh, always had drag queens walk in his uh, in his runways. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, it, it felt a bit. It, they weren't. It wasn't. As, there wasn't as much cutting edge fashion as I would have liked, which yeah. I love in drag, and I know, I, I, which would have made more sense if it, that didn't exist there. But it really does exist yeah. there. Yeah, it, it all felt a little bit sort of um, basic or something, or even a bit dated, like kind of like early seasons RuPaul. Because uh, if you think to like um, Brooklyn Heights on Canada, like the like stunning like perfect but also like didn't elevate herself to the level of rupaul and that kind of like the way they had that collaborative judging panel which i actually think probably would have worked better if you'd had fred and nikki tutorials and then even your man the the class a ivan or whatever that designer guy's name was the three of them every week well i thought this week's panel was actually really good because you had clace who's a fashion designer like your santino rice you have nikki who's your makeup artist and you had sana who's your your comedian and cabaret and that's kind of and whatever fred is your drag and i kind of felt they were your your range of the talents you needed as a drag queen and there was one judge there for every now i don't think nikki plesson adds a lot but i thought she looked fucking amazing in this episode oh she looked amazing <laughs> yeah. That, yeah she looked amazing so that's what fred should yeah. have been wearing <laughs> yeah. she that, been, they should have been winning <laughs> yeah I mean, that that i totally agree with you that was great i didn't understand uh i i totally agree with you it should have been there should have been a joint judging panel much like canada Fred should have been on it. Don't get me wrong. Nikki Tutorial should have been on every week. Didn't understand any of the others. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did we think of the lip sync medley? Um, rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right. I'm, I'm going to say something so controversial now. Go ahead. I don't like lip syncing. Okay. I Ooh. think we've seen it. We've been there. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't mind lip syncing if it's telling a story as and it's adding to a, you know, um, a narrative, right? Yeah. When when you're just dancing, moving your mouth in time to RuPaul's song, oh my god, are you kidding me? We've seen it over and over and over and over again. And normally it's done in a bodysuit, doesn't excite me. And normally it's done in a kind of only a three-inch heel, essentially. So. Uh, there you go. How was that? <laughs> when it's underwhelming, it's very underwhelming. And when it's and oh when it's God. bad, it reads as really bad. Yeah, yeah. I thought this was, and I mean, I, part of me feels bad critiquing it because I'm like, they only had one day to learn the dance, and I'm sure they did the best they could in one Do day. It. <laughs> yeah. But in comparison to the canon of final lip sync to RuPaul song challenges, when you have Reggie Rochu and you have Kitty Girl. Just have yeah. four people doing yeah. dancing on the stage isn't good. And there was how how long do you reckon they spent just stamping in place? I think and there was no. They, there was also they should have had dancers with them. They should have had some sort of. It had no point. I tell you what, it had no point of view. That's exactly yes. Yeah, that's and a good they point. Should have had an individual portion of it. And I felt like as well, like whoever, like that wasn't, I wouldn't have called that a medley. Like, I, I don't think it, like, it should have been more of a mashup, I think, where kind of like the songs flowed a bit more interestingly into each other. lame. Because it was just like, it was like someone just skipped forward through four RuPaul songs and it was, it and wasn't. After party. Yeah. It's like someone in After Party realising that actually you only want the chorus on the RuPaul song. Yeah. Next, next, <laughs> next. Yeah, yeah. 
Sorry, so let's have a look at the looks. So first up on the on the runway and best drag was room service. So I always, I like this new trend that they have of bringing the eliminated queens back to show off their look because they fucking spent loads of money on it. So let them at least yeah. walk around in it and show it yeah. off to the world. So uh, I actually think out of all the returning queens, room was my favorite. Me too. It felt like the most current. It felt like mm-hmm. something you would see in America. Yeah. Or in the, even in the UK, in the more expensive clubs. Um, <laughs> i tell you what, that we have a queen called Rodent as part of Sing the Pink. And it was very similar to Room's look. That's the kind of look that uh, Rodent would do. Really, good, really good. I think that Room's going to be a great drag queen just too early on. And once again, this is the problem with the Instagram queens, isn't it? Is that they haven't perfected how to perform yet. Mm. Okay, next up then was Patty Pam Pam. It was leopard print and it had some lips on it. Boring. Yeah. I think that one of the most disappointing things for me over this entire season was that there wasn't more opportunity to say Patty Pam Pam because I really <laughs> like saying <laughs> that. Yeah, it just rolls off the tongue. Patty Pam Pam. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, am I right in thinking that Patty Pam Pam's look was the one that was the, the t- measuring tape on the, on the entrance? Yes. Looks? Yeah. That yes. was such a good look, wasn't, wasn't it? it? Yeah, yeah. It was good. With the pins, with the pins coming mm-hmm. out. Yeah. So, yes. so, so once again, storytelling, that's great. That's, and then just kind of fizzled and disappeared everywhere else. Yeah. Best rag that is just a leopard print with a pair of lips and the belt. Disappointed. Uh, Megan Schoenbrut. Never a fan. Never a fan of this one. <laughs> <laughs> Not for me, kind of pointless. I don't even remember what she was wearing. Was it an ice cream? She wore an ice cream in the past. Uh this was a pink and gold bodysuit, yeah. Yeah, like just kind of boring, um, not not that exciting. At that point, I was like, maybe we're not seeing their best track. Maybe these are just other looks that they're no, showing No, I us. think that was their best track. <laughs> 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 I, I think that's definitely the case for Room and then Madam Madness. Like, Madam Madness yeah. looked insane. I loved the makeup and the look was just beautiful. I really I like, like Madam Madness, but... Um... Shouldn't have shaved that beard. No, I no. know. I was like, way to ruin yourself. You need like that beard was like, that was where it was at with the whole look. She undermined and, everything yeah. she stood for by shaving that off. I felt. Yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. There's certain things where that I feel the judges are telling you to do it as a test. Yeah, that was a test she failed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then she got kicked off home. You're like, well, you don't have the beard, so you're not interesting anymore. <laughs> I would have liked her to have gone further, but um, mm-hmm. yeah. Next up was Seder Jean. And I thought this was interesting considering Seder Jean got kicked out in a Kermit, Miss Piggy, green and pink look that her final or the look she presented next was also a green and pink, almost in the Fred and Piggy colours. Uh, but I, I liked it. I liked her. I love Seder Jean. I think she's amazing. Yeah. She's the kind of drag queen that I would want to go and watch. Yeah. Yeah. And the sort of drag queen, you know, you would have a huge amount of fun interacting with and would like interact with the audience really well. She'd be that. She'd be the kind of drag queen that'd be wanking off the boys backstage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, her Instagram is pretty thirsty as well. Like, I... is there you go. Yeah. I also have a, have the impression that from what we saw of her on the runways, they they weren't exactly glamours on. There was all these different looks. There was comedy. There was all this stuff. I would have got the impression she would have left this as as her only Glamazon look that she would have presented right at the end. And I think she would have had a really sort of wide foray of different styles. Um, So I think it's a shame we didn't get to see them. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. I would have liked to have seen more. Uh, And then Chelsea Boy was next. It was sort of... Amateur. It was on... That's the blue sausage arm let it all down for me because it just looked like a a pool float. 
Yes, it really did. <laughs> there was something disturbing me. Is it a laser that. pointer? Like, and also, actually, Chelsea Boy on arrival with the bicycle helm. <laughs> they had been turned yeah. into. There's a lot of I, I I like a bit of DIY drag, but you do need to take it somewhere out. It needs to not look DIY when you're on the runway. That's why. Yeah, I always yeah. Think. I think with Chelsea Boy, that like alien queen look from like week one. That's two what I was going was to say. So Episode good. one, like, it was phenomenal. Yeah, this is well. a worse version than that. But th- yeah, th- this wasn't. Well, I think it was supposed to be Astro Boy, wasn't it? Am I right? I, I yeah I I was trying to figure out what it was like a cosplay like Astro Boy type. Play thing. Yeah. Astro Boy, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not a cosplay geek, but my, I, when I lived in Australia, when I was younger, one of my first friends that I met was a drag queen in Sydney called Electra, who was like iconic. And they, they bring her back out of retirement every now and then. (laughs) And she was obsessed with Astro Boy, like obsessed and used to do like little references to Astro Boy in her drag. So that's how I knew that. Yeah. Drag queens (laughs) will always teach you so much about cultural references and little like references that you know they're, they're again, that's, like, again, that's like, you, drag queens are life's magpies yeah <laughs> and that's i think it's really important that that's something that gets kept up because i think as the as drag gets more self-referential there's a there's a, a there's a, a chance that that could be lost that like kind of like those people looking for those really weird references and like knowing all about the underground pop stuff and like having these like icons that no one's ever heard of like that brings so much to us um so yeah that's important to keep so then it's the final four first up was jamie jacquet in her what you call that crimson what color would you call that uh angel look oh i i did not like that the color it would have looked so much better if there was like imagine if it was um jet black straight back giant kind of uh almost sort of Grecian style bun on the top or something like that with, with yeah. the need another color and then need gold. I would have put some gold in there. Golden burgundy is great. Burgundy. That's a maroon, yeah. Okay. It, it, it sort of had like, it, it looked like it was a very like old Las Vegas showgirl. It looked like it would smell of cigarettes. Um, I, I didn't like it at all. The gooch, the gooch would have smelled so bad. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a stinky gooch. I thought she said she bought this for a pageant in 1994. Did anyone else get that? No, I think she 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 got it from her drag mother who got it for a for a pageant in 1994. Oh, sorry. Okay, that makes more sense. I was like. She's the same age as me. I think she was like two in 1984. I was like, something's got, something's got lost in translation there. I don't know what's good. Well, they are starting younger and younger. Drag feet is next. I just, it needed something else. The hair was wrong for it. It could have been amazing. Well, last week on the show, we had uh, a sort of a makeup artist called Carla Kay. And she was saying that Janie often paints too old. And I had that in my mind. And I did sort of feel she was presenting a, a character older than she is. And then with the, with the narrative of, 1994 I was kind of like maybe she is like 40 I I don't know (laughs) I know that she was trying to do something great which is reference her drag family and reference her past love that but you can still reference whilst modernising and what it missed was the modernisation yeah definitely Um, it was interesting because she did say about how her like how she really respected the older style of drag and how that was kind of something that she was trying to incorporate into it. So maybe that like painting old was like using those old styles was deliberate. But it, it like I think in that lineup, she 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 looked out of place. Um, and you know you can still paint 
with the kind of reference the past to drag like Bianca Del Rio does that but she, there's a modern touch on it next up was Abby oh my god this is the best she's looked I think and it's probably because we can't see her legs <laughs> <laughs> again I just no, nothing wrong with her legs I just mean we've always seen them and I think this is different and I think she looks great quite underwhelmed across the board with yes the finalists. I, I agree it's your final time it's your final bloody time and and this does often happen on a first season of Drag Race. It, uh, you know, two words, bag of chips. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Some of those looks. But then I, I don't get me wrong, like, I, I live for bagger. Live yeah. For bagger. But um, yeah, it does happen sometimes. I think that they're not, they're just not as clued up. And that part of that is the joy of, I've got I've like not known what's going to come out. Yeah. Sometimes you want it to be a bit of a car crash, don't you? Yeah, no, you do. You want to see the the cogs turning and people trying to figure stuff out as they go along and sort of like what works and it, it, it can be interesting when it when it when it doesn't go right. Um, and I don't actually. I loved this outfit, but it felt like it felt like a Halloween costume. It was very kind of. I love yeah. that headdress because actually, when they did close ups when they did sort of face, you see that's really detailed that headdress, really yeah. beautiful, but. It just was she wearing gloves? I feel like she uh, was. She was, yeah. I would have loved like a long black glove, and you see the beading on that headdress to have beading hanging off the gloves for drama. Yes. You know, like, yeah. really and then, really then when you're actually kind of moving and walking, you can create a kind of a, yeah. especially because it was inspired by Queen of the Damned, which is that Aaliyah film, that vampire film. So she would have given it more drama then. I yeah. just feel like the finishing. It's just like the last little bit, wasn't there? Yeah. No. I think that's fair enough. But I suppose if I'm to compare her against herself, I think this definitely for the sort of array of looks we've got from her, this definitely does feel elevated for her. And I, I, I was impressed by that. Oh, I think that it was the best look of the four of them. I think she looked the best of the four of them, but that it wasn't maybe the highest bar. I thought Envy was Me my favourite. I'm with Envy. Uh, out of the four. Like, I just love like, the Dita Von Tees reference I just thought was great and yeah. something we haven't seen before even though she's such an icon cigarette cigarette holder at least she was telling a story that was that's what I oh you're just I, saw, I, saw, I just I saw Peg Bundy <laughs> that's that's all I saw with those like tight vinyl pants I, I mean what's the obsession in the Netherlands with those those necklaces those thick rings choker neck- kind of yeah I mean I feel there's been one every week from somebody um well sometimes they're worn so that they cover the chest plate because they cut it's so oh, that, okay, yeah. So that it means mm. you don't have to paint on the the chest plate mm. because you can then cover it. So that's practical. That's, that's the the cheap way to <laughs> cover some big bouncing tits. I don't. I don't think that's what she was doing this one. Nah. But uh, there's been lots of them. But yeah, I thought. I thought in terms of sort of best drag, I felt this hit the brief for me the most. And I mean, black and gold is such a classic combination as well. Like it always looks sleek and elegant. Also, it was showgirl. It was kind of like gothic Parisian showgirl. I thought it was funny when Fred had to put the crown on her later on. How he had to sort of slide it over that sort <laughs> yeah. of alfalfa. Oh <laughs> God, wasn't it? You can see her face. Like, what the fuck is he doing? <laughs> yeah, that's good. Finally, now is Mama Queen. Um, cardigan. Let's talk about a cardigan, shall we? <laughs> yeah. What's that about? I, I, Joe, you know, I got, I, I was like, I don't know anything about that I like, but I kind of felt it worked in a sort of Florence Welsh kind of way, like in a sort of just so much shit at the fan, but it just kind of works together because of who's holding it. 
I mean, I think that you absolutely would see that person sort of maybe like 2, 3 a.m. in the morning, meandering around a festival campsite, a pair of wellies on, just kind of, <laughs> that's it. That is exactly, like when I was watching that, I was thinking that queen is like, she's performed back to back all day long at the NYC down at Glastonbury. And then she realizes that her tent's the other side. <laughs> I thought that too. I swear it's Florence Welch coming off stage puts the cardigan on that her assistant's given her, and then she's going back to her trailer. That's what yeah. I mean. Yeah, no, absolutely. Not for I, me. I, 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 yeah, I, I liked the colours within it, but yeah, it wasn't, it was, it was, it was very casual for a, for a, for a best drag. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't fashion, but I just, I just know, something about her, I think no one else could have pulled it off. I think she has such presence on stage, and that filled so much actual physical space. It kind of worked for me, I don't know why. But I think most yeah. of the judges felt the same. They were like, it's awful, but we like it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I think if you look at it very quick, it's enjoyable because it, the colour palette actually was really lovely, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, um, it's when you kind of look at the details, you go, oh, she's kind of a sexy showgirl guinea pig. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which now, is not that um, I feel the most iconic uh, moment of the series was possibly when Fred was talking to Envy and was like, I mean, I could point out some small flaws on you, but I'm sure you could do the same for me. Yeah, straight away. She said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I felt she won it there. Like we saw her mom give a sort of similar amount of lip back to the judging as well. And Envy did as well. And I just was like, that's it. I mean, you deserve to win up to that point, but you've sealed the deal for me there. I do. She, the right person did win, I think. I think she, she came in to win um, and yeah. she's consistent all the way through. I mean, I always think that anyone that changes their entire boy face to paint and to turn it into a drag queen is that someone that is making this, That's commitment. you know, they're, yeah. this, they're making it past a reality TV show, past one gig. They're doing this for life. Yeah. I mean, the face is, and, and and the face is unbelievable. And she's great. She's she's got a certain uh, star quality about her for sure. She does. No, I, th- she I think the correct does. two lip synced as well. Envy versus Janie. Uh, James, do you remember what song they lip synced to? Born this way by Lady Gaga. No, no, no. It was you were born this way by Lady Gaga. Is what they said on the titles. I was like, oh come <laughs> on, guys, you have to get the name of the song right. <laughs> <laughs> They got good clearance for pop songs, though. They, on this, I, didn't they? I don't actually know that this worked in their favor. I don't know how they in their did favor. That. I I feel like the, the, sometimes the songs overwhelmed the performances that were given in a way. What? So like, you think they should be doing Latoya Jackson? Yeah, exactly. Go back. <laughs> I, I want to see. I I, I want to see them do some Latoya Latoya Jackson. Or I was trying to remember what the name of that woman, some Michelle Williams classic, and um, the, the third member of Death Child. <laughs> I was wondering whether they would have done. Banana Rama Venus. Now I know that was done on Drag Race UK, but that was originally a cover of a Dutch song. So it's like that could be some no, sort of fun time. Yeah. Go on, yeah. gay. Great pop facts. <laughs> I did not know that. So it's like <laughs> I was like that would tickle tickle everyone's fancy knowing that if you know if they could play the original or or just not a nod to it there. Yeah. I think uh, poor old Janie though I think those wings probably proved to be a bit of a cumbersome uh, like thing to have on her back because you could see her when she was moving around the stage she had to like kind of move sideways sometimes back step like uh, which that would be hard to think about when you're lip-syncing but no I think the deaf the, the right person won 100% um, and the right two people lip-synced 
Um, but I, it, it wouldn't be a lip sync. I'd be like kind of like writing home about it. I mean, like, oh my god, that was amazing. I mean, I don't remember it, and I only watched it. Like... <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That says it all. <laughs> well, Glenn, thank you so much for for joining us today. Uh, you're the, probably the first people I've spoken to in ages. Out of captivity. Do you want to share maybe a bit about the work you do at Sync the Pink and my hoopla for people who might not know over in Ireland? Um, sure. Yeah. So Sync Pink is something that my crazy, weird, warped, psychedelic brain created 13 years ago. Oh, wow. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. God, I feel every single little wrinkle. <laughs> or, I would. or I would without Botox. Um, <laughs> and yeah, we go from strength to strength. It's now a collective. It's, it's a collective of about 40 people, but probably more actually. Um, but essentially, it's the biggest queer club night probably in Europe. Oh, wow. Um, and one that is not happened since New Year's Eve because of the pandemic. But um, we are back in a very big way next year uh, doing some massive, massive venues. And um, yeah, we continue to do lots of exciting stuff with pop stars. Pop stars seem to like us, which is great. We just did a project with Madison Beer. Um, oh, we've got another one coming up. It's really good. And then obviously Mighty Hoopla is it is officially the largest LGBTQ festival in Europe. Sorry, Milkshake, but we... You're taking sold over. Got more tickets last year. Um, <laughs> uh, and that is in Brockwell Park, one day festival of joy and drag and sparkles and all of that stuff and we've had people like TLC, Shaka Khan, years and years perform. Yeah, it just keeps going and once again didn't get to happen this year because of um corona. Although we did have corona perform once actually. <laughs> <laughs> It's been a good year overall, I think, for, for Drag Race. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that we've had some very strong winners, some iconic moments. Um, I think that that it overall, Drag Race Holland, not my favourite no. of the seasons in the in the in the canon. Envy Peru, a worthy winner. Excited to see if they come back, what they what they do, and how maybe they make it their own a bit more. Because I do feel like while RuPaul wasn't there. It was very much following the the main. It was very much following the drag race kind of like sort of format, and it used so many of the different challenges and stuff. Mm. I'd love to have seen them focus a bit more on making it a Dutch show. Um, but yeah, hopefully next season we'll see more. We don't know, but it looks like Drag Race UK season two will be the next bit for the franchise. We're going to guess. Yeah. Um, feels likely I think they said early 2021 so I think now well to, to go like Nancy Drew like all those reddish queens um, the last couple of years we've had a new drag race or drag race all-star starting in around January or March so perhaps that's when we are Jan- hmm. between January or March is when they've started the last couple of years so maybe we'll see us yeah. back again then for a season of a crossover yeah, we'll even see. potentially of, of All-Star 6 and 
Drag Race UK Season 2. Yeah, I think we're looking at a possible 2021 of Drag Race UK Season 2, Season 13, All-Stars 6, Drag Race Canada Season 2, Drag Race Holland Season 2, and Drag Race Spain. So it could be a busy year for and- us. Potentially Drag Race UK Season 3 if they try and bring it back to their original airing date in October. Because they are casting for Drag Race UK Season 3 at the moment. Hmm. (laughs) Well, cancel your social life. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, we will be back for another episode around Christmas time. So keep out for that if you want to stay on top of announcements from the show, you can follow us on Instagram at sissy.pod. And you can also find us at on Facebook as well. Look after yourselves coming up over the next few months in the pandemic and the winter months. So just make sure you're looking out for each other. And uh, you can always DM us, you know, if there's anything you have questions about, because we'll still be using the Instagram account. We'll talk to you very soon. Thank you for listening. Bye. Daksha! podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network.